This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I am just dying to talk next. I gotta get like I gotta get some weight off. All right, so so here's I, I'll uh, this will I'll actually keep this in the in the pod. We'll we'll start you know um, our, okay. our our actual conversation. I I should preface this uh, first of all. I should probably introduce you. So um, <laughs> you, if you're listening to this, uh, you know him is out of sight. He's been on this show before. We you came on. Uh, it was That's February. Cool. It was, Last February, yeah. So it was either it, it, so much has changed already. Well, it was it was right after the KP trade, um, and it was the team was like it was obviously very very different situation. But we were you know we were having all the, the KD conversations and the whole thing, KD, maybe Ion, yeah, the whole the whole anyway. Uh, out of sight, you know him. He he is. Um, I would argue. I mean, what what musician out there is a is a bigger musician that's a bigger Nick fan than you. I think you have that dual, that dual I mean, there, thing know, there, locked there's, up. There's a few. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure, Robert Randolph. He's the guy. Eh, the, listen. listen, if I had the Friday Night Nick song, would you, know, you do? Would you do the Friday Night Nick Nick song yeah, if, yeah, if yeah. you you do take that mantle up? Absolutely. I don't care. Maybe that's what we need because Friday Night Nick has become such a curse. <laughs> Maybe, no offense to Robert Randolph, who's an incredibly talented musician, but yeah, no, look, there's there's a lot of us. If you're listening to this podcast, you are a you know a Knicks lifer just like me. So we're in this together, all of us. We're, we're all know? we're all all in this together. Um, you you reached out to me. It was a few weeks ago, and I I wish yep. I could remember exactly which game it was. Were you based? And it was it wasn't just you. There was yeah. like. A twenty-four to forty-eight hour period where people were coming out of the woodwork left and right with just like, "All right, I've had enough. I it, it's too much now." And it was like, it was all, it was like very cathartic. Well, it started in the beginning of the season because I really hate to do this, but I didn't like this team in the beginning of the season, and Dude, I a lot of people didn't much, like it. That, that you're 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 in good company. Yeah, I went on a Twitter rampage before the season even started, like the day Trier started in San Antonio. And you were like, give it a shot. And I was like, let, let, let's talk. Uh, this team's going to be terrible. You did say and that. And we set a time. And I think we were going to originally talk around Thanksgiving and schedules had us just end up here. But I, I just appreciate you so much for your internal optimism because you are one of the more optimistic voices no, now you're 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 a member of the press now, J Mac. Oh, don't do that to me. I, don't 
don't let all these beat reporters who have been beaten to a pulp, you know, turn you into a negative Nancy. Can, like I, can I say something about that, though? And this is not I, I want to make it very clear. This is not in any way. If, if anything, this is a compliment to the beat reporters that they still They're go and, and and they try to do their job <laughs> objectively. Yeah, there is a like people talk about the black cloud that's over the Knicks organization. There's yeah. there's like um, uh, I, I wish I knew how to describe it. It's like they've been defeated almost as much as like the Knicks have been defeated over the years. Terrible basketball year in, year out and then deal with an organization that for the most part has no respect for the press. I mean, they're literally. It's always been a thing with the Knicks, how they don't talk to the media. And then obviously people, I know recently a hot topic, especially on Twitter, was the Fisdale firing and how they trotted Mike Miller. Oh, You're just every every I way you could screw even, it up. It's whatever. But it, I would imagine, you know, look, you you get to cover basketball, which is awesome. But covering this team, rooting for this team is challenging. Covering this team day in, day in and day out, I'm sure can really – really wear on your spirit so um but you, you're still you're in the game so just keep that optimism because you know we're gonna need it i i have to say the the saturday game against the i i would I, listen last yep. week i don't know if you read anything i wrote i don't know if you heard any of the pods i was as i think i even said it on one of the on one of the podcasts i said i i was as down mm-hmm. on things generally as i had been in i honestly um at any point this decade, it, it's bad, and and it's and and, and it was back it's, to back blowouts. It was like whoa, but in just you know what, it just I was so all and JB to his credit, man, he sent out a tweet like one of the nights last week. He's like, all of us who believed in this regime that they had a plan and the whole thing, we were wrong. And just the feeling that, like, man, I bought into this. I thought that there was a greater plan in place. And it's like, no, there really wasn't. And now we just... But but on the bright side, as far as, like, not having a plan go and and screwing things up, you could be in a lot worse situation. Not that bad. It's not. Okay. You know, look, there's a lot of variables that take place here. But look, at the end of the day, you have young talent. You have some flexibility. Things can get better. The, the I think the number one concern is are Mills and Perry capable of making them better? It's you know that's really where we're gonna. I actually wanted to present you with a question because I feel like this is an internal debate that I'm having. Okay, is that I actually and I think a lot of Knicks fans have like an unreasonable amount of optimism about Mike Miller for some reason. Like, oh, this guy might be able to really coach. You know, like. You know, there's a certain like lineage of like G League coach of the year, Nick Nurse. Yep. You know, these guys that came from it, and it's like he's not a name, but some of the best coaches in the league were never named. So it's like, oh, maybe this guy brings a different vibe. But if they play well, Mills and Perry stick around. So it's kind of like uh, I see where you're going. Is that is what do we want here? Like, what's next? What happens? What What are you rooting for? Like, so. Losses? Do we want to like go? You know, little. What do we want to do here? I've I've said repeatedly, and I, I've and listen. I don't I don't pretend that this is definitely the right way to go. It's just I'm not I'm not capable of sitting and watching the Knicks and and rooting for them to lose. I can't do it. Me neither. It's, I I was devastated when Julius Randall missed that free throw the oh other night. Oh my god! 
Ugh. for a four and eighteen team. <laughs> it makes no sense. Makes that free sense. throw, I sunk my head. I was like, "Yeah." My nine year old son looked at me. He's like, "You good?" I'm like, "I'm gonna need a minute." He already knows. He already knows. No, he doesn't even want to watch the Knicks. He's like, "Dude, the Knicks think. Let's watch something else." That's what he's saying to me. You know. So let's let's let me answer the question by saying that um, one. I and again, it's not inside info. This is not. Although Mark Stein just sent out his, um, uh, I don't know if you get the the New York Times basketball newsletter that he sends out. Yep. Yeah, he he literally, (laughs) as we were just starting to record, he sent out the the newsletter and basically said every the talk around the league is that Dolan is ready to. He he wants a a big name. Um, you know, like AKA the Godfather offered a Maasai. I what what do you think the offer is? Let's 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 sidetrack for a second. I, per, it has to be okay. What was Phil? Phil for? was Phil was five for sixty, but okay. with a with a um, I think it was a mutual opt out or second, right? Yeah, whatever. But the irony there, of course, is that Dolan ended up picking up the last two years and then firing him four days later, whatever it was. Uh, um, J- yeah, JD, he he. He's paying a lot of people who don't work at the garden anymore. Oh my god! You think eventually he would look in the mirror and go, "Why am I paying all these people, but who don't?" And it's not working. But okay, Masai. Um, I would say probably five years, hundred million, full autonomy. Like from, and I don't know if J- Dolan would ever do that because he's always had an interest in keeping some of his guys around, even when Phil was there and he had full. Uh, power basketball decision wise mills was lurking around you know there were certain trainers and different people that you know had to stay and that was like a point of contention early like if Masai goes there he wants to be able to hire from you know coach to ball boy you know what i mean and i have to think he at that point though he'd let Mm -hmm. him right yeah i mean i i Yes, I think so. I, I, my my thing is, if I'm a side, why wouldn't I do it? Because how many, you know, how many reputations is this organization going to spoil? You know what I mean? Like, if I'm a side, I'm a number one right now. Like, I'm killing it. Like, yes, saving the Knicks would be legendary, but like, I also don't need to do that. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. I here's here's what I'll say. If there, when you think all-time legendary executives in the NBA, well, uh, I, there's two names that come to my mind. It's it's Red Arback and it's Jerry West, and everybody else to me is like in a in a category below those two names, right? And Masai, you know, he won a championship. You know, maybe he 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 wins another one down the line. What if he wants to get into that conversation? Which I have no idea if that's of interest to him. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Yeah, one would th- and and look, we said all the same shit about Kevin Durant, right? If oh, if he wants to be a, considered a top top ten all time player, he has to go win with the Knicks. He didn't care about that. Clearly, maybe Masai does. We don't know. The other thing, though, I think that's interesting is the whole his his work in Africa. And if there was a way that Dolan can, you know, could just open that checkbook too and pay pay that off, and uh, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, they, 
I hate to say here we go again, but it feels a little. Like oh, it feels. It's exactly like it. And I, I'm. Yeah, and we're, are, yeah. we're always just waiting for the next great thing to occur. But what's the alter? Can I? No, serious question. What's the alternative? The alternative is he sells the team, right? Absolutely. I mean, realistically, I mean, I don't know what the alternative is. Is the alternative Mike Miller is a good coach and the well, young talent starts to develop and it's like, okay, we're going to have a high draft pick and we have some flexibility. We can maybe trade for some young guys and take some chances or take some chances on things and just build it. I don't know. I mean, Perry and Mills are absolutely incapable of doing anything. So I don't really, especially Mills, I just, he's so just, He's got to go, man. I just listen. I what is I I, I keep saying this on a few pods this week. What has Mills really done? He's kept his job, right? Kept his job. He's done what he's needed to do to keep his job, which is why I, I you know I I don't know that we could fairly assess you know almost any like people everything people are saying about David Fisdale, like yeah he deserved to be fired. Which by the way, do you agree that he was he had to go? Yes, I mean look. Fizz was brought in, and I said this on Twitter, and I said this before the season started, too, on my pod. I, I Fizz is not an X and O's coach. Coach. He was brought in here because he's really well liked around the league. He was brought in here to help recruit last summer. It didn't work. Fizz had no plan of coaching this team and was put in a position to fail. This is not a team that Fizz was ever going to be able to wrangle. I mean, this, you know what I mean? Like, this is a really bulky, strange roster, and Fizz is not, wasn't that guy. So, you know, Fizz is going to be great on TV. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, Fizz, he'll kill it. Fizz is a great personality, and dudes really like him, but he was in way over his head with this squad. I mean, you're going to need somebody to really be able to squeeze the juice, and you really, you, it's just about de- development, development. Like, yes, Marcus Morris has been fine, and you got some of these older guys, but like, you just got to figure out to be able a way to get these younger guys in a position position to be successful. Figure out how to put RJ in positions so he's not shooting forty percent. Get him going downhill. Get him cutting more. Finding just building around these younger pieces. Fizdale was not going to be the guy to do that. That's so you I- you just indirectly answered the question I asked before. If, so if the if if the alternative isn't to sit here and wait on and pray, you know, every night with our rosary beads for from the side. And if if it's not, um, you know, biding our time until Dolan decides to sell, which who the hell knows, you know, not impossible. Long... Where's Bezos at, bro? You know, that's the real question. Like, isn't one of these millionaire billionaire assholes like, don't, like, don't they have money to to just pit, like to Look, piss after, away? After the Mets were sold, like, dude, they were in owner hell. And it just one day they woke up and they're free. Like <laughs> maybe, you know, I think more than anything he has to go because it just we just it has to start back at zero again. Like, I think I think he wants to days. wait until they're I think honestly, if they landed K D and Kyrie, I think he would have put the the team up for sale the next day. Oh boy, it would have been worth so much. Yeah. But he didn't. They, they didn't, he didn't. And I, I think it's it's going to have to be some modicum of of an improved situation before he he does sell them, which again gets to what I was saying a second ago, which is what you're talking about: incremental improvements, um, getting the young guys on the roster better. 
unless the alternative is us sitting and, and praying for something that may very well not occur, which we should have just learned our lesson not to do, then yeah, it's, it, so you're you're answering my question, and it helps me answer your question. Yes, I think we should root for wins. I think we should root, root for Mike Miller to do well with this team, and I think we have to we have to trust. And I can't believe I'm about to say this, but we have to trust that Dolan is still smart enough that if an opportunity presents itself, because really the best case scenario, like what's this team going to win? What is it really? What are they going to win? How many games from here on? Like, are they are they going to go? You know, five hundred the rest of the way. Come on, nineteen. So there's seventy. What seventy? Uh, excuse me. Uh, fifty nine games left. Yes, there are fifty nine games after tonight. That's correct. Even if they went, they won. I mean, let's just say for argument. Funny. Fuck, fuck it. Say they're a five hundred team. Say they're a five hundred team from this day forward. That means they. Um. So let's say they finish tw- uh, twenty nine. And 30, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So that would make them 33 and whatever, 49? Mm-hmm. Okay. I guarantee you they went into his office on the morning of July 1st and said, we got a 500 team here. We got a playoff team here. Um, we're going to be the most exciting, one of the most exciting stories in the NBA this year. I guarantee you that's what they told him. I mean, if the Knicks played 500 the rest of the way, I mean – Everyone probably keeps their job. Right? Probably, probably, but again, is that going to happen? No, that's that's not going to happen. But I, I think because we know that's not going to happen, I think it's okay to root for this team. And I think if they end the season with twenty five wins instead of twenty, and those extra five wins come on the backs of of at least some, you know, some of the young players, that's a great thing, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we've seen. I don't think Knicks fans are outrageous for believing in some of the young talent we've seen. Who's your favorite, by the way, of all the young guys? I'm not talking about like, who do you think like is going to be the uh, best guy long term? Like who's the guy that you like, well, I, get you most excited? I'm a big RJ Barrett guy. I mean, my son is named RJ. So off the bat, we are big RJ people here. Um, <laughs> I love it. And uh, so I really love his game. I, I do have my concerns about him. I think he has a lot of potential. Obviously, if he's just hit, you know, 70% of his free throws, I think, you know, he's probably raises his, you know, point average, you know, at least two points a game. I don't know. But, you know, like just free throws is a big thing for him because he gets to the line at an, an elite level, like in terms of his drive. So I really like him. I think Mitch is – last two games have been really outstanding for Mitch. Focused, yeah. one foul in two games elite rim runner playing now with control still so young the way he improved his free throws from last season and this season shows that he he might have some touch in there somewhere i think it's in there i think it's in there i i I mean at this point i would literally just be like do one pop a game and just fire away from 17 feet who cares where it goes one possession a game we're just gonna do it and see where it goes like i would think I've, i've thought about it at least I like it. Uh, you know, it just you see him shooting threes and warm-ups. So I think those two uh I, I'm I'm really, really digging. Uh and, and Frank has been good this year. I, I I love Frank. I don't know if he's a starting point guard in the NBA, but he's a rotation guy. So that's three guys there. And I think Knox has stability. Um he's very young. 
So, I mean, there's guys. And then I think the most unfortunate case has been Dennis Smith. He has been he has he's been bad. I, I, he's regressed. I, I looked at his net rating, his on off net rating today. Do mm-hmm. you realize with him on the court, they're getting outscored by 22 points per hundred possessions? He's a negative 22 net rating. It feels like it. And, and you know, you. I actually liked Miller's rotation the other night versus Indiana. So, so do I. I did too. You know, look, he had Peyton. He gave Dennis the first few minutes off the bench in the first quarter, then pretty much went with Peyton most of the second quarter, all the fourth quarter. Peyton played really well. So I feel like yep. if he's playing well, you go, you, I, that's fine. So you're trying to find some some minutes for Dennis to stay out there. But he has been – Mike Gleam, he came into the league, it was like, yeah, this guy's going to be like Steve Francis. You yeah. know, it was like – Here's a guy who's going to score a bunch of buckets. It's going to be inefficient, but he's like he's athletic. He's a highlight. He's fearless, and I don't know what's happening. I know he's had a lot of things personally, but I I just don't get it because he, to me, was supposed to be a guy, and we saw it at times last year. I I keep referencing it. The the game, uh, his third or fourth game, whatever it was, with the Knicks, maybe it was the second game, I forget, against the Pistons, where he got to the line, like, it was 15 or 18 times or something, and he was just blowing by guys at will, getting into the lane whenever he wanted. And I could count the amount of times on one hand this season that he's beat someone off the dribble. Yes. I don't, it's, yeah. it's it's not happening. And I don't know yeah. why that is. Is it physical? I, I don't know. It, it's, it seems really mental. Like, I, I don't want to say be. Yes, but it, there's like a rhythm and a pace a point guard has to play with. And I just feel like he hasn't been able to find his rhythm at all. He doesn't know when to drive, when to pull. Uh, they're giving him a lot of, you know, people are pretty much saying shoot the ball. The way they're playing D against him, they're going under everything. They're just saying shoot. They're letting him shoot. And he's hesitant, and it's just leading. It's not his game. It's just not what he wants to do. So he's, he's shown some flashes with Mitch, but I think I think Mitch is just so elite at ru- you know running to the rim and has such good hands. He can probably make any of these point guards look pretty good. He he he's really Mitch is probably like the guy they really want to focus in on with RJ and Mitch. I think those are. Those are guys that have real NBA starter potential for careers. Like RJ to me is a guy who's going to start next ten years. I don't know if he's a, a an all star, but he's like a guy. He's I I you you nailed it. He's a guy you could count he's on so, him. He, he's, he's a so, guy you want on your team. He's so solid. He's he he gets after it. He has a great attitude. I hope we don't you know kind of leave him in disarray with how this organization's been well and that's 21 he's on his third coach he's been in a hundred trade rumors i mean you know what i mean like but that's the other that's the other part of this why i feel like anytime anybody is ever like oh they should just lose the rest of the games this season to give themselves the best chance first of all look don't even it doesn't even favor it anymore it's it it, i i get the the argument with that that the the argument is essentially the word math in quotes like I trust me I get it I I get I get the math, sure. um, all that said there comes a point where the other ancillary benefits that come with just feeling good about yourself as a team occasionally mm-hmm. are like outweigh um you know the risk of oh we could drop from five to six or we could drop from like six to seven now I I just um 
I can't I can't get there. Not in this draft too. Where yeah. it, I mean, look, we'd all want Anthony Edwards or maybe Cole Anthony, but I, I agree with you in terms of uh, just for the, the the these kids. We want to see these kids string some wins together and show some signs of life. I mean. We're not asking for a 40-win team here, but we, I think seeing some development, seeing them, even in Indi- – look, the game versus Indiana, you make some layups, a little, a couple of different bounces. It's a it's a, a win on your home floor versus a playoff team. It, it was close. We, we're going to need that. Although, you know, those back-to-back blowouts, I mean – You can't – you can't you tell me – you that. can't tell we me got, that doesn't have a negative effect oh, on – Yeah. You it, saw the body language. It was brutal. I mean, because even they were interviewing David Lee. He was at that game, and he even oh was my god, putting to it. He was like, you could see they're trying, but it's nothing's working right now. You could see the la- the body language of these guys. And look, David Lee was on some pretty bad Knicks team, so he, he understands. Knows. He's aware of how it is. Now, let me ask you. Now, okay, December fifteenth coming up. Oh boy, here we go. It's never too early. It's never too early. Like how is like. You, you know, you got some sources. I mean, I'm assuming Marcus Morris is a goner, right? There's going to be a lot of teams lining up for his services, and you could probably get a pretty good return. I'm not at least a a first-rounder in the 20s, right? I mean, it feels he's playing pretty well. So here's the thing, and uh-huh. and this is why, and we could, we could you know, talk a couple fake trades maybe, but the <laughs> thing that we we still – have not heard anything from right. Scott Mill, uh, Steve Mills, or, or Scott Perry. There was that one very vague Begley article that came out where they were like, the Knicks are interested in a lot of players, and there was like, that was it with December fifteenth rolling up. And, and I was there's like, there's other stuff that you know, floats around the internet from like sources that are not real sources. Um, yeah, yeah. but that are it's I like eggs. I don't believe any of these other guys. I I don't either. But at the same time. Like I, there's no part of me that thinks that like there's going to be an open for business sign or for sale sign. I guess would be a better better way of put it. Um, on this team, like the you know the minute December fifteenth happens, I just I don't I I wish there was. At the same time, I will say this. Yep. Um, I if the if the price if the um what you can get in return for Marcus Morris is better on December fifteenth than it would be at, on January fifteenth. Like let's just say for a, a hypothetical example, um, and I don't know if this applies anymore, but the team that they're going to play in a couple hours, the Portland Trailblazers. Yep. Mm-hmm. It seems like they've kind of plugged that that spot at the four with a little bit. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, we'll see how he we'll see yeah. how he keeps going. Um, but you know, for argument's sake, you know, they're nine and 15. If they're like, well, we don't want to wait until January 15th or February 1st or whatever it is. Um, we need to save our season now. Then of course, you know, send, send the yeah. guy out. But I, yeah, you, you take a, you know, a, a Baysmore. Yeah. Pretty much. That's, I mean, what? that's the trade everybody's been thinking of since day one. Baysmore and then what, either one of the kids. Right. What's they're that? Not, they're not, he's an expiring. He's an expiring. Right? Yes. But they're not giving, yeah. But also the same people are like, yeah, we'll take Baysmore and Anthony Simons. It's yeah, like, that, okay, it's not, uh, it's, it's not happening, folks. Thing, buddy, it's not gonna <laughs> work. Like that. Um, the team, the t- so with with that caveat that I, I really genuinely, um, I, I I don't know what their 
what yeah. they're going to do in terms of you know I could I would it shock me if they if they went out and acquired some I don't think they're I don't think they will trade a first at all I don't think that's in the I cards I hope not no I don't I don't think it is but like would it absolutely shock me if mm-hmm. they acquired a veteran that was making a lot of money this year and next year and they like gave up like one of the Charlotte second round picks for the right to acquire said right. I, and I don't know who that guy would be like I don't I don't th- I think Chris Paul's last year in his contract is enough <laughs> to scare them away I don't think I don't think Dolan would yeah, sign off was, on that that was something I was going to bring up because that just came up because Chris Paul Gallinari and Steven Adams are available I mean Gallinari he has he's an expiring yeah he's no? an expiring but Oklahoma yeah. City's going to want an asset for him yeah they're they're going to want an asset yeah, um, and it's like I, I don't like where's that that's not that's that's not getting you me anywhere this year. Tenor would like Gallinari and would probably be willing to give them. A yeah. Person. Oh no, for sure. I mean, I think I think the trade market it's going to yeah. be interesting between Gallinari and Marcus Morris. If you're a contender, uh, which one of those two guys do you want more? Those guys are both good, and you know, like Utah, Portland, they're probably going to be hot on hot on the trail for those guys. You might even see. I mean, you never know. Clippers, Lakers, they might want to add another piece. So the. Houston's so always Houston would be well, my first team, call. except they don't have the matching salaries to make. Uh, they're, I don't know what Daryl's up to, but he's he's there. Well, he figures it out. Let but that's ask. why they tried to do the the. I don't know if you followed this. They tried to yep. basically make the Nene contract this summer, um, like a a, a a contract that could be traded for a value of $10 million, but that was actually only left them on the hook for like two point something million dollars. And the rest was yeah. going to be like unlikely bonuses. And the, I think the league was like, no, you, if you're yeah. trading this contract, you're trading it for the smaller amount. Um, otherwise I would say Houston would be perfect. The two LA teams are really mm-hmm. interesting to me because I think the Lakers are especially are pro- like the Clippers, I think could probably go into the playoffs feeling like, okay, we, we could, we're fine. The Lakers, I hear that Marcus Kuzma rumor a little. I did not hear that. Uh, I think, yeah, yeah, it was like a month. It was probably around a month ago. Teams are floating it out. I think Kuzma's playing a little bit better now, but there was it wasn't anything legit. But it was like floating around in the in the rumor mill, but in the the ether, solid guys like reporting it, but like you know. I saw it. I, you know, I, we, we, I don't, I think the Knicks would do that in a second. I don't know why, maybe the Lakers would be hesitant. To do I, that. I, I fully believe the Lakers, because here's the thing, right? If when Le, you get to the playoffs, it's this, whatever, it's the conference semis, it's the conference finals. Um, LeBron, he's not, he's not going to want to guard. Kawhi Leonard and and Paul George for large and, stretches of those games, that's, and that was the logic behind it. Actually, when I heard it, that's yeah. you, yep, mm-hmm. you know, and, and say what you want about Marcus Morris, is he is he a, a, the perfect defender? No, but he's a guy that you could slot in, as we've seen this year. I actually, I, I had conversations with Celtics people over the summer because I was like, I, when they signed Morris, I I tweeted out, I'm like, he instantly becomes the Knicks' best player. And I don't think I was wrong, actually, in retrospect. You're not. Um, but they're like, oh, he's a terrible why defender. We're four and 19, by the way. Yep, keep going there. No, what, what were you going to say? <laughs> Which is why we're 4 and 19. Which, <laughs> I mean, I have to laugh so I don't cry. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. oh. But I think he's, I think he's <laughs> been a good defender this year. 
I yeah, have, yeah. No, he, he can guard. He can shoot. He, you know, look, he, he's he's loving being on the Knicks right now. I mean, he's got a green light, and he's going. I mean, fantasy basketball, he's been fantastic. Oh, my God, yes. Uh, you know, but I think on a, on a good team, like you've seen him in Boston in a system – Look, he's a ball stopper. We got around nine of those guys on this team. It's been really a challenge to just move the ball. But Marks Moore is a good, good NBA player and could be very valuable to to uh, you know the Lakers. So the, so the Lakers of- can trade KCP and um, they'll never trade KCP. LeBron won't trade him. That's that's LeBron's guy. So this is your wheelhouse. You you know you know things out in LA. This is your this is well, where you are. Look, you know that's all clutch. And LeBron got KCP paid. But he got him paid. Isn't that the the beat? Isn't that the end of it now? Yes. No, for sure. I mean, look, it's a business at the end of the day. But I I would be hard pressed to see KCP get traded. Not only that, I mean, KCP starting for them. He's been playing a lot. He's actually been playing well, which is crazy. But um, yeah, I I I, I can't see it. But let okay. me ask you something. I'm I'm just I saw the Chris Paul rumor, and I wanted to get your your opinion on it and i don't know if it was a, a substantiated rumor or whatever but about the knicks absorbing that contract and getting some assets and then having chris paul come in mentor he still obviously can play um he won't help with any wins is me personally absorbing a contract like that pretty much you know puts you out of any kind of talk but as we so, you know free agent flexibility but if we've seen no one's coming here and we don't really want to sell ourselves to the idea that we need to keep flexibility for two years for Giannis. So what, what do you what do you, what do you think of this Chris Paul I, thing? Here's my here's my thing. I think it's actually it's pretty simple. Um, mm-hmm. If if there were a world where the Knicks could get Chris Paul and get additional stuff, like mm-hmm. get a first round pick um, mm-hmm. or or something to that effect, um, and just give back salary. I think you make the trade, and I think the reason you make the trade is that a Chris Paul will will help your will will do more to help improve your young players' development than anything that they could do otherwise. Um, mm-hmm. And I fully believe that. And the second part of it is, and you talk about the idea of like, well, we can't sit here again, like we were talking about before, like waiting for Giannis to come or waiting for for um, you know Kawhi or whoever, the, whoever, all the free agents that are going to be that are going to be available in two years. Um, we just saw a summer where like the, Paul George is like, okay, um, I'm going to be a Clipper. Totally. Guess what? He was a Clipper. Didn't matter the salary that needed to be moved, the the, the pit, because at that point. It's true. You, you do you do it when when Giannis or Kawhi or whoever says, "Okay, we're going to come, and this is the guy that's going to come with me." The, like the 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 uh, what is it tectonic plates um, they move, and sure. it's you know so. Um, but my, the reason I think it's kind of a moot point is I I think the Thunder are going to hold out for like if not an asset for mm-hmm. like an asset neutral deal. I think they're going to wait until someone gets desperate. And around the trade deadline, being like, you know what? Maybe yeah. Chris Paul, like, I don't I'm, I, yeah, no, it's possible. Yeah. I mean, I thought Chris Paul to Miami would have made sense. That's the one, right? Started. That's the one. That's the trade. <laughs> yeah. Especially with Jimmy Buckets, but they're playing a lot, you know, they're playing really well. So they might, you know, the Miami's also a really well ran organization. 
Chris Paul's contract is going to get ugly. You know, there there's four years left on that. And no, it's four- so it's this year, next year. And then he has a player option for forty four million dollars, which um, I think yeah. I think that one might. Uh, might yeah, he's going to pick up. that one up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what? You know what sucks is what? that there hasn't been a young guy who's like a possible a star who's been disgruntled. I can't lie to you. Before the season started, uh, I had this deep down hope that Carl I, Anthony. Towns, I was about to say, can I guess who you're going to say? And I that was no, you know, guess. I was like, I hope Minnesota sucks. I hope he's just like, I want out of here. And then you know, somehow we end up with him and Brad Beal, and we give away everything, and you know, like whatever. You know what I mean? It just didn't go that way at all. But there hasn't been any of those young guys. You know the Bookers or the Towns. That was the- my guy, and, yeah. and I, I, you know I, I, mean? I haven't made a lot of friends. Growing, being playing well, and yeah. their team hanging around, and it's like, ah, oh, damn it! It's not. It's I just I think that there was so much movement over, totally. and so many guys put themselves exactly where they wanted to be, and you just you look around the league now, and it's I mean. I heard there hasn't been a trade since July. Yeah, no, there hasn't been. A, the Knicks will probably. I, if I had to bet on it, I would. I would probably bet on the Knicks making the first trade since whatever the last That's one was. Well, even like you know, just some random one role guy for another, like just nothing. Like. There's usually a trade that ha- there's usually. I look. I went back and looked at it because mm-hmm. when they when the Frank rumors were going around when the yep. the Pistons sent the scouts. I, I went back and looked year by year. There's usually like one trade that occurs like right at the beginning of the season, like around like the end of trading camp. Um, it didn't happen this year. Um, so I don't know. Uh, look, I I could see a scenario. Like here's the here's the one big difference between this season as crazy as shit has gotten right over the last um, couple weeks. The one big difference between this season and so many of the last 20 years is by this point, so, so many past seasons, I was like, there's literally nothing for me to be excited about watching this team. And that's that's different. Like, I'm going to, because I'm old, I'm going to get off this podcast. I'm going to take my nap. I'm going to wake up at 945 Eastern Standard Time. I'm going to turn on the TV. And I'm going to look forward to watching this team play a game in Portland. That is what I'm going to do. The West Coast games when I was on the East Coast. Tonight actually will be the first game of the season that I'll be missing because I'm going to go play basketball. But I am such a nerd. If the Knicks win or play well, I will go to NBA HD, not net, and Listen, watch them play. Wear, sure. wear that, wear that like a badge of honor. Yeah, you, you know. To. Yeah, if they even if it's close, I will watch the replay tonight when I get home from ball. There's no doubt about it. Well. So you have some you have basketball to get to of of a different form. Um, listen, I, I Jacob Miller, real quick. Yes, you a Miller guy? <sighs> Jury's out. It's still early. I like a weird, strange optimism here happening, y- though. Yes, yeah. and here's here's why. And I'm not look. It's I'm. Uh, you want to talk about um, completely and totally outlandish, like. Um, yeah. Yes. Yes. You want me yes, to? Do, okay. That's, that's what we do as Knicks fans. Yeah, it's it, it's it is what we do. Um, yeah. Jeff Van Gundy was a guy. Nobody nobody fucking heard of Jeff Van Gundy. Nobody fucking nobody heard, heard of Jeff Van Gundy. He's a little nobody. he's a little imp of a man. And you know I mean? he. But you want to know what? 
the last coach the Knicks had, other than Herb Williams, who goes in his own special category, the last coach the Knicks had who came with absolutely no fanfare whatsoever was mm-hmm. Jeff Van Gundy. And you want to know the guy who was probably closest to that over the last 20 years since Van Gundy is Mike Woodson, who got the position when D'Antoni stepped down. And you know what? Who was yep. the best coach the Knicks have had since Jeff Van Gundy? Mike fucking Woodson. Yeah, that one year, you know, 2012 was fantastic. The next year, when they gave him Bargnani in a shitty roster, we all were calling for Woodson. I mean, that was also a snake bit. And the, we, the whole... We were, we were calling for Woody's head. We, you, look, you, we, we were. And he was at it. Ahead of his time, Woody. I agree with you though on on the Miller thing. We always try to get the name and the and the guy who who could you know it's it's this this feels like a real coach. He's a look. He's a basketball lifer. He's you know his resume goes thirty years now deep in coaching. You know G League Coach of the Year. Interesting. I like it. It, 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 it's 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 definitely a guy that is I think going to bring a little bit more, just like no frills basketball acumen rather than the name. Like when I saw some of the names being floated out there by like Twitter, it's like Mark Jackson who's uh, been blackballed forever. Please so don't we, please don't say that name on this podcast. Beyond even Jackson, who by the way, whoever is listening and believes Mark Jackson should be a coach somewhere, there's a reason he hasn't been hired in the NBA by now. Okay? Read between the lines. Anyways. Hasn't even gotten an interview other than with the Knicks. I saw things like Kenny Smith. It's like, Kenny Smith? What? No, we need a basketball (laughs) coach, not an OG legend, not a guy who just, he was in the league, so we gave him a, a suit and a chalkboard. Like, here's a guy who's coached. Let's let's just get back to basics and have a guy who's like, every time up the floor, we're going to move the ball and run something. Here's what we're going to do on pick and rolls. And here's what our just core fundamental beliefs are on the basketball court. Just basic stuff. You know what I mean? Like Kenny Smith, like what Nick's fan, like I'm with you. Like, let's let's stay away from the names right now and, and let's see what he can do. I, I have a little bit of optimism here for some strange reason. I, I do too. It was the fact that he was, they were able to do what they were able to do Saturday night. And it, and, and for people, for anybody out there saying, Oh, that's just the, you know, the new coach bump, right. Given guys, given extra effort. Of course they were given extra effort, but there were discernible differences in their um, offensive and d- defensive schemes that were yeah, un- unmistakable. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think with more time, I mean, they got away from switching on everything. You know, they were having Mitchell drop on the pick and rolls. Like, As they should. Yeah, exactly. And like, he is rangy enough. He'll get the hang of it and they'll get better at that. And and they were definitely moving the ball more. I mean, look, they had what? The most assists this season? Was that? Uh, it was, they had 24 assists. It was their fifth or sixth most um, that they've had this year. Um, but it was, they, keep in mind also, they were, um, like one for their last like 14 or 15 in the game. Like they, they should have, they should have won that game. They just, they couldn't make a basket in the end, but they yeah. tighten up like crazy. This is when you'd love to figure out a way to get RJ. You need a guy who can really just get to these end of the games. You need a guy who can just go make a shot. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think RJ can be that guy someday. Um, It's just, it's just not, it's not he there yet. Space and he, he, we need to f- get him downhill more because 
He's not explosive, but he's super crafty and super strong and super lefty. So <laughs> super, <laughs> you know I mean? like, super lefty. I love it. Just have a crafty game. You know what I mean? He's like, got old man game. It, it, and his strength and like he's not like he's not unathletic. He's not explosive, but like he's a guy that you just hope can really, you know, build a career out of being strong and getting to the line. And he's not going to shoot fifty five percent from the free throw line. So career, no. So you know, just to the end of these games, I want to. I would love to see them get him more involved and in in, in, a, in a put him in a better spot to succeed when being involved, mm-hmm. not just like. We're setting one week screen and then you just got to drive through three guys like, please. Um, And I think that's why he's the happiest guy. And and again, I I don't have any I know that he liked an Instagram post, whatever. I just have a feeling he's he might be the happiest guy in the in the locker room to see Fizz go and to get an actual a a real coach in there. Um, I think I think they all see it because, I mean, look, they all gave Fizz his love because they all Fizz is like. It's like, you know, it's like having when you have like a teacher who's like too much of a friend. Yeah. Yep. It's like you ain't really learning anything. I felt like it was almost this is like so likable, like such a like I'm sure and everyone he cared. So, he genuinely yeah. cared about these guys. About it. And look, they for the most part were playing somewhat hard, but then it got away from them and their body language started to suck. But Fizz is not going to put a flawed roster in the best position to win. Not and, at all. This team is simply not talented enough to just go out and win a game. So it's going to need, they're going to need to be able to, you know, hopefully, you know, Miller can figure it out and, and put these guys in places where, you know, they can be successful and, and just be competitive and, and, and make it interesting to watch. Cause, you know, we're, me, you, and everyone who's listening to this podcast is going to watch. <laughs> so. Well, when, I'm, I'm going to do something that uh, it, it's it, it might make me look like an asshole. I, I'm going to do it anyway. I, I said it in my newsletter today. Uh, I think they're going to I think they're going to win tonight. Um, I've, I don't think I've ever predicted a win. And by the time people are listening, scripts are usually brutal, J-Mac. But let's let's just hope we can get out of here in a couple of dubs. Listen, man, I'm telling you, I have I don't know why I have a good feeling um, about tonight. Uh, I, I, okay, I, well, we'll see. Yeah. Um, listen, All right, man. Before before yeah. I get you out of here, real quick, yeah. you have an album dropping in a few days. An EP, yes. Uh, new project, six new songs. I just started my label. It's called 83 Sound. It's with my homie Cook Classics, who's produced all my you know, songs from Tonight's Night to the Wildlife Do Something Crazy. Uh, we started a label called 83 Sound, and this is the first project off of it. It's called No Vacancy. And uh, yeah, it's got some... Some hip hop bangers, some 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 really fun, interesting pop songs, and just a lot of fun making it. And uh, yeah, I mean it's it's 2019, almost 2020. So the name of the game nowadays is content, content, content. So a lot of music coming, a lot of music out, and uh, you know, just having fun with it. So all, yeah, all I know about this thing is, other than the fact that the two songs that I've listened to, um, yeah. play the drums and uh, fired up. Uh, which are bangers is is a good word um the the album cover i i want to transport myself to yeah yeah it's a vibe it's a vibe vibe. fantastic album cover yeah and uh, fired up you know i was in a was in a playing with fire with john cena a couple other things so it's been really fun to kind of see the songs grow so we're just moving right along, bro. You know, just hustling. Um, I, I, I obviously anybody listening to this should already know, but just in case, where where can people go to uh, to get 
get what you're putting yeah. out. I would say anyone who's listening to this, a lot of Knicks takes on Twitter. I feel like I've, I'm, I follow all the Knicks fans who follow me. It's, you know, Knicks Twitter is a thing. So it's out of sight on Twitter. So just hit me there anytime. Let's, let's, we're all, you know, I feel like a lot of, got a pretty good Knicks core now on Twitter. We're all, we're in this together. We're in this together. Yeah. It's like a big old, it's like a ther- ther- therapy room. You know, I, I said to Futternick, who I'm about to go play basketball with, there needs to be like a Knicks rehab, but you know, I don't know if we'd actually go, but it's like, it's like crack. We just can't, can't walk. <laughs> away you know what I mean? It was like, we're, we're four and 19, dude. And it's like, yeah, if they play good, I'll watch the replay. Like, what are you talking about? Go, go do something else. But we live and die with this team, man. And I'm, I'm proud to, I'm proud to be a, a brother in arms with you in that journey. Um, yeah. Listen, Rich, uh, I can't thank you enough for coming on. This is fun. Yeah, thank you. I needed, I needed that. You know, not, not everybody wants to talk Knicks. You know what I'm saying? So I can't imagine can't. why. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, oh, <laughs> I can just do this all the time. So thank you, J-Mac. I appreciate it. And keep up the great work. You guys are doing great work. I, I appreciate that. And, uh, of course, everybody out there. Actually, no, I'm not going to thank you for listening because uh, at, I'm going to tack on a, a post game at the end of this, um, which you'll hear in just a couple of moments. Let's go next. So um, that was great uh, conversation with uh, Rich out of sight. But as promised, um, I was not going to let this one end without a post-game recap of a Blazers game that, oh boy, was I convinced going to be uh, was going to be a close one. Um, I don't know uh, why I had that feeling. Um, I, I thought they would win the game. As you heard just, I guess, a few minutes ago, if you're listening to this, um, yeah, what can I tell you? Sometimes optimism gets the better of me, but that's not the first time that that has happened, and it certainly won't be the last. Um, listen, tonight was um, a very solid reminder, if if anyone needed one. And, and maybe, you know, we probably shouldn't have needed a reminder, but it was a reminder nonetheless that, you know, and. Look, a lot of people have said the same thing over the last several days, which is that, no, David Fisdale didn't do a great job coaching this team, but um, this he was but one component in a larger, a larger puzzle, which had a lot of issues. Um, this was a reminder of that. And all those people were like, look, David Fisdale was part of the problem. He wasn't the problem. And there are going to be a lot of takes uh, today, because it is after midnight, so I could say today, uh, there's going to be a lot of takes like, ha, the Knicks fired their coach because they lost by, you know, um, 80 points over the course of two games, and then they go out and they lose by 30. And that's a little bit oversimplistic because anybody who watched the game um, knows that, you know, Damon Lillard started, uh, I think he was five of his first six from three, and I think maybe he was like seven of nine at one point, or maybe 8 of 10. Um, And then, you know, the Knicks were playing good defense, but he was just, you know, he was hitting everything. And on the other end, uh, the Knicks offense started out well enough. Uh, They were moving the ball around a little bit, wasn't going in, and then they diverted back to form, and then their offense kind of 
fell apart, especially after the starters exited the game. But, I mean, look, at the end of the day, and I'm as guilty of this as anyone, um, there's always excuses that can be made for this team. I mean, when you lose by 30, there's only so many excuses that you could make. Um, But even, you know, talking about the first quarter or the first quarter and a half, the part of the game that was actually competitive before it really got away from them, um, it doesn't matter. It not I won't say it doesn't matter, but if you're if you're constantly looking for excuses and trying to make excuses and trying to figure out, well, the reason why it didn't work on this night was this, and the reason why it didn't work on that night was this other thing, and the reason that it like when you have to do that over and over and over again, which we've had to do with this team this season. Um, it speaks to larger issues. And again, I'm not saying anything revolutionary here. This is something that has been said by a lot of people, many of whom have been in the national media over the last several days. And I think part of that was frustrating because if you're like me, if you're one of the few people out there like me who actually watch every game this team plays, you listen to a lot of that and you're like, well, it's oversimplistic uh, to say that you know, everything about this team and this situation was doomed from the start. And the reason why you say it's oversimplistic is because, again, like me, I, I do it all the time. You, you you see signs of progress and you like to point out those signs of progress and signs that good things are happening. But I guess the thing that needs to be said, and this is kind of the only the only real main takeaway that I have, or, or or again, it was a reminder tonight, is that when you're constantly just looking for, like you're seeing signs here and you're seeing signs there. Um, and look, maybe Mike Miller surprises me. I mean, I just compared him to Jeff Van Gundy uh, <laughs> with, with out of sight. And I actually think he's a really good coach. And I think, I think they will, this, this loss that they just had was not indicative of, of how he will be with this team. I mean, he hasn't had hardly any time with them, um, which is, I think something that is important and and should be noted. Um, I I think they will find some success, some modicum of success, at least by the Knicks standards under Miller. Um, But too much about this team on offense, especially, but I mean, it's, you know, it's 2019. If you can't score, you're screwed. So much about this team is just so hard and takes so much work. And they're what, what became increasingly clear over the course of this season is that they were just going to need to play so perfect to ever be a successful basketball team this year. And yet, and that has to do with the composition of skills and the skill sets of the guys that were acquired. And, you know, it's look, we're we're I mean, granted, I didn't really do this, but all the people who were like, oh, this this team could compete for an eight seed was looking at all of the individual guys they got and saying, well, if all of these guys played to the maximum of their abilities um, then it's going to be then it's going to be great. Well, that doesn't happen in the NBA. It, it guys usually play to their abilities, and 
the reality is that this team was constructed with a bunch of guys that if they played to their abilities um, or, you know, a little bit below or even a little bit above, you were going to get something uh, that was not going to be pretty. And, you know, the NBA is a really tough league. And I know I sound like uh, Wally Zerbiak there, but I, I <laughs> it's worth it's worth mentioning because again not to not to beat the same dead horse but it's it's a league about who is your best player how good are your best shooters and how much damage can your ball handlers cause with what they're able to do and for all of the interesting and unique skill sets and pieces and things that the Knicks put together uh they assembled a team without anyone who you'd call a deadly shooter with a best player, whether it's Randall or Barrett or whoever, who they have, it's they have the worst best player in the league. If you I mean, if really that's I don't that's not an overstatement. Um, you know, and their and their guards just, you know, can't really do anything with the ball, um, or at least not anything that's going to bend a defense, or or can't or or don't or won't, whatever whatever the case may be. Either way, it's not good. So. This is going to be this is going to continue to be the reality. And the only you know, there's a lot that's frustrating about it. The most the most frustrating thing to me, and I just said it on the periscope, is that this you cannot waste the next fifty-eight games in terms of how you can utilize them to develop the young guys on this roster. Because even if you think the young guys aren't really capable of forming like a real core, even if you think Barrett tops out as like a marginal starter, um, if you're worried about Mitch's long-term ceiling because of, of, you know, some of his tendencies, although I personally think he'll be fine. Um, there's still talent here. And it's, I, I say it all the time. This is a max, this is an asset maximization league. And you need to maximize the assets you have, even if they're not going to be the ones who take you to the promised land someday. Um, so the Knicks have to really, I, and I don't know who's running the show. I don't know who's calling the shots, but they really need to think long and hard about what what can we do, whether it's just shipping certain pieces off or maybe even bringing a piece or two in. And I'm not suggesting make any kind of a win now move, but you can't just take the next 58 games and say, all right, well, whatever development happens is going to happen. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And obviously they're not taking that attitude, but um, there needs to be an emphasis, more of an emphasis on putting the young players that matter on this team in positions where they could be more successful than uh, is happening right now. And to see a game like this from RJ Barrett, and I, I guess whatever, he went one for seven or one for eight, and one way to look at that is, oh, R.J. Barrett, you know, he sucks. He's what a bust for the third pick in the draft. And not that I think a lot of people are saying that, although I saw some interesting takes on Twitter. But my takeaway from that is that R.J. Barrett should never have a night where he goes one for eight or whatever he was because he's too good and he's too crafty for that. And it's a, just a sign. And if you watched him tonight, you saw it that he is not playing his game. Um, just like Mitchell Robinson is not being utilized nearly enough in the ways that he could be utilized. That he was, It was better on Saturday. It, it was a step back tonight. And again, that's not, that's not his fault. Um, 
you know, there's not enough spacing on this team to consistently open up action in the pick and roll. That's part of the same problem that Barrett's having. Um, I, you know, again, not to be oversimplistic, but so much of this comes back to spacing. Um, and I, I just, I wonder how cognizant the team is of, of that and just how valuable that is and how much that needs to improve sooner rather than later to get these guys valuable minutes from here on in. Um, and I hope, I hope whoever the powers that be are, uh, that are, that are still there and that are making decisions, um, recognize that. And, and to that end, uh, in terms of the people that are making decisions for this team, and this is the last thing that I will say tonight is, you know, <laughs> we, I guess maybe there was, there was, there has been some question of, of late whether or not the Knicks will still go out and make win now moves. Um, the Knicks are four and 20. Um, I cannot fathom for the life of me that James Dolan would sign off on any trade that is even remotely designed to try to help this year's roster. Uh, he, he is a blithering idiot at times, but he's not a stupid man, if that makes any sense. Uh, and I, I stole that line from, uh, from uh, Bob Silverman. So credit, credit to him. Um, So I don't think we have to worry about that. So in terms of the thinnest of silver linings, that's one of them. Um, And the other one, you know, is to, to, to the, to the conversation that I was having with, with Rich just a little while ago in terms of, well, what if this team actually outperforms the rest of the year? You know, nights like this are a reminder that no, they're, they're not gonna, they're not, that's not going to happen. And uh, they will still be, they will continue to be bad. And the the people that put this team together, as well-intentioned as they may have been, as much as some of those moves may have been to um, appease the owner, as, as much as, you know, they may have done some things right over the last few years. I said it on a podcast the other day, there are only 30 people that, or 30 you know, groups that run teams in the league and you could be decent. You could even, you could be good. You could even be kind of good, but it's just, if, if you're, if the best you could top out at is kind of good and you kind of have a plan and you kind of have an idea of what's going on and you know, that's, you're just, you're not, you shouldn't have a job doing this stuff at the very, at the very height of, of the game. So, uh, I feel bad saying that. I really do because I think there was some really good intentions behind everything that went on this season. But um, what the fuck are good intentions worth? Um, not a whole hell of a lot, as it turns out. Uh, all right, that's it. Um, anything else before we go? Uh, oh, of course. How could I forget the most important thing? Um, I, I should have probably done this at the beginning, but um, as it were, Vivid Seats, I have not yet reminded you on this podcast episode about Vivid Seats. Uh, You probably don't need me to remind you at this point because I have talked about Vivid Seats for so long. But just, you know, one more time. Christmas is now two weeks away because it is the the 11th of December. Two weeks from today is Christmas Day. Um, It is just so hard to go shopping for so many people in our lives. I have... 
as I'm saying this, I have no idea what the hell I'm going to get my my mom for Christmas. Um, theater tickets, it's just always a good fallback if you're in New York. It's so easy. It's thoughtful. It's a decent price point. And you know what? The best thing, if you use Vivid Seats and, and download the app on you know Google or Android or whatever, um, the App Store, uh, you'll be in the rewards program. Um, you'll you'll get a buyer guarantee, all that stuff. If you use promo code Overtime, O V E R T I M E, you're gonna get a hundred dollars off. So all of a sudden, two theater tickets for two hundred fifty dollars only cost you one hundred fifty bucks. That's not bad. You could do better. You know, you could you could. That's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. All right. So use Vivid Seats. Use the promo code Overtime. Um, and of course, thank you for listening to another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast, man. If you stuck with this one, if you stuck with this game all the way through, like I did, you deserve a cookie and a medal. You both, not a cookie or a medal. You deserve a cookie and a medal. Um, and if you stuck with this podcast all the way through, well, you know what? All I have to say to you is, uh, thank you because it makes me feel like I'm not alone in caring about this team as much as I do as crazy as that is. Um, but yeah, here we are. All right, everybody have an enjoyable rest of your week and we will be back with you with another episode. Um, I think from, uh, myself and Jeremy Cohen coming at you on Monday until then. Peace out.